This is the Ring of Honor, aka Shane T, boy, the baddest champion you ever seen, boy. This is Mister Anderson. This is good old Jr. Jim Ross, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Starts now. Whoa, what up, though? It is another Tuesday. This is Knockouts and Three Counts, and apparently I've gotten knocked out by a pair of AirPods, but I'm here, and this is a show, <laughs> and son of a bitch. Um, we are joined by a very special guest. We got the return of our buddy Chris Call from Last Call with Chris Connor. Uh, Chris, how the fuck you doing, man? There's a lot of news, both on the wrestling and combat sports side of things. I'm doing well, and you got and just to give your viewers a heads up. You guys are going to be on my show this weekend, and uh, I already got a special guest lined up for the first half. You guys are going to be coming on the second half, so I'm excited. Hell yeah! Make sure you check out Chris wherever you get your podcasts and all that stuff. We'll be talking a little bit more about this Vince McMahon stuff, and I want to know what you guys think. So let us know in the comments, Billy B. If you're in here, let me know you're in here, bro. And uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Corey J Bone, how the hell are you? I'm uh, doing well, man. Doing well. Ready to get this uh, week, uh, you know, keep it pushing throughout this week. Put it that way. I'm excited for the pay-per-view this weekend, even though I feel like it's not getting a, a ton of buzz, I guess you could say. But other than that, man, ready for the weekend. Man, we've got pay-per-views and I've got, my sister is going to be 25, dude. I'm getting fucking old. <laughs> I'm Let's really go. getting fucking old because, uh, not only is she going to be 25, she's going to hatch another nephew or niece for me, too. So, damn it, dude. Look, man, before yeah. you know it, you're going to wake up and be 40. You're not even going to know what happened. Uh, you shut your mouth. Like, I'm not you're going to be like 30. me. You're going to be like me under this cap, all bald. Hell no. Come My on. dad had hair until the day he died. You don't put that shit on me. Uh, it's coming, bro. It's coming. You don't put that you shit on me. My dad had a full head of hair till the day he died. Corey Jeez. can attest to that. My dad always had hair. And then at the end of it, he took such bad care of his hair that he had like the nappy Santa Claus beard at the end, too. So I'm going to be all right. See, my beard is well taken care of. My shit is lined up nice. Shout out to Rosie at Jen's Barbershop. Don't you be putting that bad juju on me, sir. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Billy B, look, I'm not hating uh, on you at all, kind of, sir. You've already went the bald route. It's working out for you, you know? I'm just saying. Corey, I don't know, man. I don't know if you've gotten to keep up with much of what's been going on, but Chris, oh, before yeah. we get into what... Um, Chris, before we get into all this news and all that stuff, uh, let everybody know what you've got cooking over there on your channel, dude, because you've been popping out interviews left and right, dude. Well, tomorrow on the YouTube channel, we got Jason Witt, who's going to be talking about his upcoming fight. He also breaks down what a lot of us, you know, know, you know, love about these guys. You know, he's a he's a guy who actually has, you know, a second job. He is white work. So we're, we're going to detail into that. I got also lined up for our show when you guys come on on Friday. We got Rashidi Ellis. He's going to be joining the last call on Anchor FM, and he's going to be telling us about what's going on, why he's now with the PBC, and he's going to be break down some uh, break down his big win and tell us about just the emotions of you know fighting for the first time in two years due to a 
the legal hiccups with Golden Boy Promotions and PBC. So we got a nice little group, and I got working on here. We got from the Ultimate Fighter, you know, Chandler Coles could be joining us next couple of weeks, and also, you know what? I'm going to spill for the next for the next week here on Anchor FM. We got Omar Figueroa. We got Said Salma. So yeah, we got a nice little lineup cooked up here. And you know what? I got to say, though, you know, I'm looking forward to talking with you guys this week because we got a lot going on with wrestling, with the Showtime boxing this weekend, and mm-hmm. the bombshell of I guess changing of a guard. Which you, you're saying it, you have a, you have good feelings about the new WWE ownership. What up, though? Well, I mean, I guess that's as good a place as any to start because, boy, if I had, you know, if I could ring the bell or had a dollar for every person that's already hit me up wanting to know my thoughts and my opinions and what I think is going to happen with Vince McMahon and all this stuff and, and Triple H being named the new head of creative. I mean, look, there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack with that. Um Let's see. What do you got, Chris? Uh, can't wait for AEW tomorrow. Can't go, but I will watch definitely. Yeah, I definitely will be watching AEW as well. Um, Ed, speaking of AEW, you know, I mean, we I've seen tweets from Tony Khan where he's been like, I'm now the longest tenured CEO in wrestling. <laughs> it's like, all right, dude. Like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, he's not lying. He's I lying. mean, he's not lying. You know, get in where you fit in, sir. But uh, hey, just a little stuff it. like that's been kind of funny. But, um, so as far as Vince goes, I mean, it was crazy when all the stuff first started coming out, because let's be honest, when it all first started coming out, you know, it all sounded like just allegations and stuff like, okay, they said he had an affair with this lady, but the lady said that it was consensual too. But then you start hearing about all the money and you start hearing about how much money we're talking about. And then you hear about that there's more than just, you know, the paralegal that had come out and that there's wrestlers that were involved and all the other stuff that's come out with it. And what was interesting to me about it is that, you know, usually when it's wrestling news, you know, you hear about it, you know, in the wrestling circles, but and maybe uh, sports circles. But the fact that the Wall Street Journal was the one that was the one that broke all the news told you like, oh, shit, maybe this might be, you know, something that you got to pay attention to because it's, I mean, for the numbers that they were reporting and now it's been up to about 13.4 million is the last number I heard of money that they found. That's essentially hush money. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I don't got $13.4 million. Vince Um, must've been busy out there. If he's got to throw out around $13 million just to keep some people quiet, he must've been busy boy. You're not kidding. And then what's crazier about it, dude, is like, here's the thing. At first, and we talked about this on the show, which you can go back and check out in the archives. Like I said, if you're new here, make sure you hit that like button, keep the comments coming, and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already done so. But here's the thing. So when all this first started coming out, like I said, it was all allegations. But the thing is, Anyone that knows anything about wrestling or has ever heard Vince McMahon talk in their life, I would say would probably agree with what I'm about to say. And I honestly thought he'd have to die before he gave up, you know, full control of that company. I mean, let's be honest. The man's 77 as it is, and he was still running that shit. He was still captain of the ship. I mean, I I, I thought... Go ahead. 
Go, no, finish your point, Kyle. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just, I just I, feel like the, maybe the, the beef had been in the slow cooker for a while. You know what I mean? But maybe it took a while for everything to kind of brew into this actual stew that it is now. But I feel like the the beef, the pot's been in the roast for a while, or the roast has been in the pot. Oh, sure. I mean, this has definitely been cooking for a second. But the thing is, for me, it was like, okay, when he was still coming out on TV, to me, that was like Vince's way of saying fuck you to anybody that was, you know, basically coming yeah. against him. But you saw how quickly that changed when the other stuff came out. Because within hours... And, you know, shout out to our guys that busted open. You know, I never even put this into thought. That was all strategically done. Because if you pay attention, when they put the announcement out that Vince was retiring, it was after 4 o'clock, which is after the stock market closes. The next day when they announced that Triple H is going to take over, well, look where they were last night. They were at Madison Square Garden. Hell of a time to, hell of a time to announce he's coming back if you're going to get eyes on it. And especially when you've already got a sold out garden. I mean, there's just so many things of it. And I, and in my honest opinion, and uh, this is my last point, and then I'll let you guys all get into what you guys think. And Philly B and Chris and whoever else is watching, like I said, we appreciate you. I want to know what you guys think. Um, I don't know, man. Something for him to go out like that and for there to be such a sudden change, like I'm not sure on Laurenitis and Chris, you may know a little bit more about that, but I mean, as far as Vince goes, he's completely out. Now, not only is Hunter the uh, VP of Talent Relations, he's also head of all WWE creative. When, let's not forget, this is the same Triple H that was at the whole, the helm of NXT Black and Gold, which many of us said was the best wrestling product that was out. But let's face it, they still lost AEW, which is why Vince came in. You had the giant overhaul of NXT. In a year's time, we've come full circle, and now, not only is he back in control of NXT, he's got control of all the creative. So there's a lot of factors to go into this. Chris, since you're our special guest, I'd love to know what your thoughts are off of uh, this whole thing with Vince. I mean, look, it got to the point where you ha- he had to go. I mean, when they're talking $16 million in non-disclosure payments that, you know, this is, you know, if this wasn't... The- it's not like a wrestler lawsuit got, you know, forced him out. It wasn't like, you know, a former co-worker, you know, lawsuit forced him out. These were lawsuits from investors. So that part's clear. He's gone. I, and I don't think you can bring him back because it's the stock of a company. I don't think he wants to jeopardize ruining this baby, which is his. The one, the one thing which he, you know he truly loves, which is the company. I don't think he's going to risk that. Now... How much will change? We'll find out. I mean, you hear conflicting reports saying, "Well, if they're going to do new things in SummerSlam, they might, but they're going to, you know, still cling to certain things." I think it's going to be one of those where it's it'll be small changes, not a complete overhaul. Because look, they're still a publicly traded company, and they don't want to, you know, ruin the stock. I mean, you have. People in this company, Nick Khan, Steph McMahon, who are looking, going, all right, we want to be bigger. We want, you know, to get more money. And with, you know, TV deals coming up in 2024 with Fox, with a lot of things going on here, I think we'll see we'll see more positive changes. But I think it's still going to be for, in terms of, like, the main stuff, probably a lot of status quo. Because for now, you want to make sure, okay, 
yeah, Vince is gone, but the ship is fine. Everything's good. It's, you know, business as usual. So I could completely agree with that. The only thing I would add to that is you mentioned the stock, and that's another point I want to bring up. I don't know if you guys paid attention, but as soon as that announcement was made that Triple H was taking over all the creative, their stock went up $8 like within minutes of that being announced. Yeah. Not a huge jump, but I'm just saying it's something to think about when you're seeing stuff like that as soon as these kind of changes are being made. Yeah, not a huge jump, but none, nonetheless a jump, right? I mean, look, like with, like with, Chris said, man, if you really got to you got to you got to keep it slow and steady right now. You don't want to make too many major moves because then we're just adding more logs on the fire, right? Vince did it the right way, dude. He he got out early enough before he got into like any real real trouble that was going to bring down the company. He like we said, where there's smoke, there's fire, dude. And business-wise, they did it the best way they could. For us, wrestling-wise, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Like Chris said, I don't think there's going to be any major changes in in the near future, but we might notice a few things here and there, just a couple different things. But it's going to take a while before Triple H really gets to implement his new quote-unquote game plan. You see what I did there? (laughs) But we'll get there, man. And I'm I'm hoping by the Royal Rumble, I really think – I don't think SummerSlam is going to be the, the big – like, let's see what happens. I think it's going to get past Survivor Series. I think the Royal Rumble WrestleMania seasons, we're really going to see, okay, what's Triple H going to do? What's he going to start trying to implement? What's his new branding going to be? Like, it's going to be a while. And I think I mean, it's going to cause frustration for us wrestling fans. But like we said, on the business side, you got to hold it slow and steady, man, and get there. So only time's going to tell. That's the biggest thing I've seen kind of been talked about since this is like oh hey bring back the old style nxt as the main product now because triple h is in the helm and stuff and to your guys's point i don't think that's going to immediately be the you know impact that we see where all of a sudden things are just flipped on their head they're signing guys releasing guys and stuff like that i don't think that's the move whatsoever i think to your point you kind of play what storylines are already laid out and what you've already got kind of in the works and stuff. And then from there you start to implement, you know, small, you know, fractional changes that just make enough of a difference where you can start to feel the, the direction shift a little bit. And that's, that would be the best direction or to right. take the company in my opinion. I mean, I mean, and this is a place that, that starts writing WrestleMania the day after WrestleMania, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they already got, you know, a footprint down on what they want, at least for the following WrestleMania. So who's to say it's not set in stone? We don't know. But like you said, small changes, minor changes. Only time's going to tell, man. But hey, the changing of the guard itself is exciting, right? We never thought we would have seen it. Here we are, man. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a crazy, like when we, I had kind of joked about it, what, three, four months ago or something at this point, when the news had first kind of made its rumblings, I was like, oh, is Vince finally going to make his move? And both of you guys were like, no, nah, ain't going <laughs> to fucking happen. I wouldn't believe it. Never would have believed it. I, like, I mean, I that's, know, another thing, like, that's another thing, too. I mean, like I was saying, I mean, yeah, I never thought it would happen, but, I mean, that further drives home a point that I've been feeling like this whole time. And, I mean, clearly – this was not just a, oh, I decided at 77 I want to take a step down. This was a look, bro. There's no way to get around you being at the helm of this at this point yeah. isn't going to be a good thing. It was like you better step down or you're going to start looking real bad, and so is your business. So, like I said, I think 
That was probably his, his smartest move, man. I mean, you can't sit here and, and tell me that he would have went through all that. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way, dude. There's no way. Yeah, he didn't, he no didn't other step reason out. he stepped down besides yeah, what's he, going. he didn't step down by choice. It wasn't like no. something where he was like, you know, I've reached that age where I feel as though it was probably it was probably the board. Like the yeah. board probably said, hey, look, this is about to get out of control or has the potential to get out of control. You've done enough yeah. and we're going to give you a chance to walk away holding your flag or it's going to go real bad. So like I said, I think he made probably the best choice he could. I wonder now that he has stepped down and stuff and there's less, I guess, general interest in the exposure pieces and stuff like what you had noted with, I believe it was the New York times or New York post or something she had brought up. But uh, either way, I wonder if now that the expose pieces aren't, as big are they going to still continue to pursue the story i guess you could say well i think i think they are and that's why i say i think them completely saying that he's removed from everything i don't know man i feel like there's going to be something else that's going to come out and and like and like joey said man you know wwe is smart enough to know when to announce things and i would bet if there's something else going to come wwe probably knows on the pipe this is what you know they may know something that we don't already oh yeah and it's going to come out and if they do then they're trying to get out ahead of it so i mean i I just like i said for them to make that drastic of a move and make it public that quick that Mm -hmm. um that triple h has taken over everything don't think that that was a coincidence man. yeah i mean you got to think they got a team that gives two shits about what goes on in that wrestling ring they're worried about what the business is going to look like and what the image is. So that's what they're there for, man. Let me jump in quickly here because we haven't talked about this yet. Like HBO Real Sports is, you know, they're doing their own Vince McMahon expose. It's already come out for people who were interviewed. Like they have dirt. And this, they said this is like even worse than what we expected. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to get worse. I mean, I think everybody knows that just because it's a publicly traded company. So, you know, as I said, you'll see things as they are right now. They're going to try to, you know, push Vince out of a limelight. He's going to try to disappear as much as possible because you you wonder, like, this could get ugly. And we're talking like, you know, they eventually have to maybe sell the company ugly because we don't know, like, how bad it is, what Vince did, how bad did he treat these people, like, what was he forcing him to do? I mean, this could get to the point where you might have stockholders go, we, we want more of a blood. We want like a full wholesale changes. We want everybody associated with Vince out. Yeah. So I could agree with that in most of the senses, but I don't think, especially now that they, and this is just my opinion, but I don't think now that they've tried to get out ahead of it and they've already started to make the moves with Triple H and, and have, putting Stephanie back as the CEO and all that stuff. I don't know that it's going to get to a place to where they would have to sell the company. I mean, this already was being rumored for a while anyway, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. But mm-hmm. based on this, I don't know that they would sell the company only because they've already made, you know, they've already removed Vince from it. And I think, I don't know. I just, I don't know that they would sell over that, but I definitely think like we've all said at this point, it was definitely something to where, look, man, you have to get out of here because this isn't a good look. 
yeah. on the company yeah. having you around in any way, shape, or form. And I mean, let's be honest, you know, and shout out to Philly B and shout out to our guys on uh, Busted Open on Sirius XM, but he brought up a good point. You know, everybody wants to talk about how Triple H lost to AEW, but let's not forget. I think anybody outside of WWE would have lost to AEW as well with all the power that they've been bringing in. I mean, we're not talking about somebody who doesn't have the money to go get all the names that they've already gotten, insert name here. You know, like they've already gone and done something that none of the other companies have really been able to do. Um, So, I mean, go ahead. Kyle, to your point, also, that's also, also Vince had a grasp on that. So Triple H could write and say what he wants to do. Hey, here's my my vision for NXT, and here's who I want to bring in. But ultimately, it came down to the old man, dude. And now it's not. You know what I mean? So for the first who, time in 40 years, bro. Who knows what's which brings me to my I wanted to kind of throw some stuff at you guys. I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but maybe just some quick yes or no's with the changing of the guard with Vince gone and Triple H in. One being like, do you guys see Raw going back to a two-hour show? No, because I think, as I said, that's just too. <laughs> that was a damn good line, Brock. You're not wrong. These are, we're talking like huge changes that, you know, involve contracts, that involve like with networks, you know, you know, re, you know, renegotiating here. They're not going to, you know, give up extra time. That's just, if anything, though, I think you might start seeing like, okay. Younger talent, you might start seeing older guys get phased out more. I mean, you, you know, Vince loves keeping the older guys around. If you're Triple H, you're gonna look and go, "All right, well, I gotta start, you know, using some of this younger talent. I can't just, you know, keep riding the wheel with 44 year old Rey Mysterio, 46 year old Bobby Lashley, 40 uh, year old Sheamus. Like, eventually, you gotta get younger. So. That's what we're going to see, you know, triple the new Triple H thing. Like, okay, will he give more of these younger guys a chance? Will he, you know, start pushing younger talent rather than just the old stalwarts? But contracts, stuff like that, they're not touching that. That's money. And nobody here wants to just give up money over in uh, Titan, you know, Titan Sports. Mm-hmm. So here's my thought on it. I definitely agree with Chris on it. I don't think by any means we're going to get – you know, less time because especially with the deals that are signed. But I will say to Chris's point, one of the first things that I thought about is it's going to be really interesting to see now that Triple H is ahead of is the head of creative. Are we going to see a lot of names come back? Like, I don't know, Johnny Gargano, who's never they've never announced where he went. Like you mentioned, you mentioned Tommaso Ciampa. I think within with due time, I believe we're probably going to see Ciampa in a lot better spotlight than we've seen him in in quite a long time with Triple H at the helm because we know how much Triple H liked Tommaso Ciampa. You know, I mean, the same thing for me kind of goes with, uh, I mean, I think a lot of those, at least what's left of the guys and girls that they had for, uh, you know, NXT Black and Gold, I think you'll see a different thing for them. And we'll see real quick because, you know, you very well might have had guys and girls that maybe Triple H thought were good, mm. but maybe Vince looked at them and just didn't exactly. see it. And if Vince looks at them and doesn't see it, it doesn't matter. So I feel like now that we've got like a fresh set of eyes on things, I think you can see a lot of changes as far as to the roles that people are in. But let's also not – and I agree with uh, your guys' sentiments as well. I also think – 
before we're really going to see what Triple H is going to be able to do, I think we're going to have to give it a good like six months before you can really do it. I didn't really expect a whole lot right before SummerSlam because you've already got your main event is already booked. You got essentially the co-main event with the tag team match with Jeff Jarrett in the middle, you know, on there too. Like you've already got the card booked and promoted. So I didn't see a lot of, I didn't see a lot of changes there, but what we see going into that next pay-per-view though, that could be interesting. Although I got to say, it's funny to me that, I mean, I know they probably booked these like a year in advance, but how do they keep going head to head against the UFC? <laughs> <laughs> Well, fairness, the UFC just UFC is like weak, you know, weekend events. So you will eventually have to go up against them. I mean, yeah, but they never really ran Saturdays like that, though. Once again, that that goes back to Disney going, "All right, we want content. Give us content." And they're getting content, so yeah, it's this is going to be the future. And I think you know, Vince, Dana, Triple H, we all understood there will be days where we step on your toes. It's it's just the price. Of, it's the price of doing business. Yeah, I don't think it's such a big deal. I think there's definitely a huge crossover in audiences, but I feel like either way, the uh, the fans are usually a more heavy hardcore fan of one or the other. So the the other one they can always tune back on. You know, it. <clears throat> I feel like the running head to head thing when you're talking pay-per-views and stuff like that, that's where things start to get uh, dicey. That's where things definitely start to get dicey is when you're talking about, you know, going head to head against one of their, you know, featured events and stuff. That's where you're really grabbing for straws. I mean, why, why even to your point, why, why have a competition over one night, especially when you can either way from an organizational point, you know, move your event over, just move it around a little bit to make accommodations. It seems like. Well, the other interesting thing with this, too, is it's like you also got to wonder how if any of that had to do with that same weekend next weekend, you got Ric Flair's last match and the badass card that's going to be on it. And it's the night after SummerSlam. So I wonder if that had because, I mean, you also got to think. Jeff Jarrett is the referee in that match at SummerSlam, but he's also in Ric Flair's last match facing off with Ric Flair and Andrade on Sunday, even though he's working for WWE. True. So, I mean, that's something you got to take into effect as well. Not necessarily Jeff Jarrett, I'm saying, but the fact that you already know in the wrestling sphere of things, if SummerSlam is the biggest thing that weekend, the next biggest is unarguably probably going to be, you know, Ric Flair's last match and everything that's associated with that and StarCast and all those things. So, I don't know. It's really... There's so many pieces to all this... This whole deal, dude, it's just, it's so much. Kyle, I want to go back to a point that you made earlier, though, man, about people coming back and bringing people in. Do you think that now that Vince is gone, potentially, maybe, do we see Sasha Banks and Naomi back anytime soon? I mean, I would think that they would have to at some point because, I mean, let's face it. I mean, they've never officially, I mean, yeah, they said they're off the roster on the website, but, I mean, they've never officially released them. And, I mean, if if anyone could book them the way that they feel they should be booked, I mean, Triple H did wonders with both of whom, mm-hmm. you know, or not Naomi as much, but definitely Sasha and NXT. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him do that. But like we talked about before with Sasha, I mean, she's making that Mandalorian money out here right now. I don't think she's too hard pressed for uh, 
WWE. I mean, when I what I heard some crazy ass number, I thought she was charging people thirty grand for non twenty grand, twenty thirty grand, dude. Like, let me tell you, if oh. she's getting people to sign her up for thirty grand appearances, I would say she's probably going to be all right. And then my last my last question about people coming back. What about the fiend? That's very possible too. I mean, he's never said that he was gone either. But if they're gonna do that, man, I mean, with what we keep seeing with Alexa Bliss with the damn doll, even though they don't acknowledge Bray Wyatt or the Fiend or any of that shit anymore, like I don't think it would be a bad idea at all. But I just yeah. want to know why the fuck she's still carrying the doll. But I would love yeah. to see Bray Wyatt back. I mean, I definitely don't think it's out of the realm of possibility because we all know that Triple H loves to tell stories and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, he would be the perfect one to really give the fiend, the character time to like marinate and they wouldn't. And I just don't see triple H hot shot in it. And then doing what the fuck we saw in hell in a cell where <laughs> Seth Rollins essentially killed the son of a bitch and he got right back up. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, I think uh, with triple H in the helmet definitely is a better spot for Bray Wyatt, but only time will tell if he's going to come back to WWE. What do you think, Chris? I don't expect to see a lot of these guys come back. I mean, look, you're – this is an old roster. I mean, I keep telling – and I discussed that with Duke Loves Wrestling. You can follow him on Twitter and discuss with you guys. It's an old roster. You need – you got to start getting younger talent. And, you know, how much longer – you know, the, we talk about the theme. You know, you want to have him back. But Bray Wyatt's not a spring chicken. And – comes with a lot of money and if you're trying to you know get younger talent you gotta figure out okay well when do we start doing that and i mean as i said you can't look at what what triple h did at nxt that was developmental he now has to figure out what am i going to do in the future because i can't keep bringing brock lesnar back eventually he will get tired of doing this and he'll retire i can't keep running a lot of these people you know through the mill because the older they get, the more we want to spend time with kids or we want to get into acting. So he's got to figure out, okay, do I start pilfering guys from AEW? Uh, MJF wants to come here. Wardlow will be a free agent in 2024. Ricky Starks. These are a lot of guys who wouldn't come over because Vince is there. Now all of a sudden they're going, well, we might try this. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to develop, you know, Braun Breaker. You got to, you know, start figuring out what you're going to do with Carmelo, um, Hey, like you need to start looking going, how can I get younger and yet not keep just signing guys, signing guys, signing guys. Next thing you know, we have a roster that's bloated. We're back in the same position probably we were at a year ago or two years ago. And where it was going, there's more people in catering than there is on Raw. <laughs> True. So I completely agree with what you're saying as far as them continuing to sign people. But, you know, this brings up a question that, uh, you know, Bren asked, shout out to Bren. If you're new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the good stuff we got coming here. We'll be talking more SummerSlam on Thursday with a friend of ours from across the pond, the beautiful Miss Sophia B. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss it. But with that being said, you know, the real question, who do you think that left WWE? Will they come back? I I don't. I, I, not to jump in, but I don't think so because I think AEW has done a great job of getting eyeballs up to this point so that there is not quite a level playing field in the terms of eyeballs and stuff, you know, on your product and stuff, but it's relatively close at this point. 
and to the point where if you're starting to garner success and had already left the company because even if you your sole reason was because you just hated the way Vince treated you or the the direction he was trying to take your career or whatever the case be I feel like if you're already having enough success where they would want you back you're already having success and clearly I would imagine would be happier so why would you want to just just to say that you're in the big organization again I I don't know he's a problem with AEW that nobody talks about Um, look recently the news you saw Samantha B get cancelled from TBS. And now, look, Smith B's not even the same show. It's a whole different thing, but it got good ratings. And I keep telling people, Discovery's not married to AEW. Discovery doesn't care about pro wrestling. They're trying to free up money. In 2024, a lot of things come up the books. You have the NBA you know, TV contract. They're going to want to raise and pay. You got college basketball. With everybody going after sports, they're going to want a big bump. You have a lot of college football Stuff, you know, like the Big Ten deals up for renegotiation. SEC's up for renegotiation. Big 12. I, if, if I'm a, there's a lot of EW guys. You go look and go, okay, what happens if we don't get brought back to TNT? <coughs> what happens if they, or they say, we're just shrinking the budget? You know, at least WWE, they have money. They have money. The networks are featuring them in mean, a lot of stuff. You saw that at San Diego Comic-Con. You saw that. During the NBC rollouts, you know that WWE is part of that branch. So, yeah, if you're Daniel Bryan, if you're a MJF, if you're Wardlow, if you're even a guy like Miro, you're looking going, all right, I at least know the future stable right now in WWE. I'm not so sure with AEW, especially as we said, Discovery wants to cut $3 billion. You don't just do that with by, oh, firing a bunch of people. You cut across the board everything well Corey, in response to what you said i so i don't know that like with what chris is saying you know they're they're going to be cutting time and like and people wanting to go back to wwe you got to realize in AEW they have the same problem that they have in wwe i mean they have a huge roster over there at this point there's a lot of guys and a lot of girls who aren't getting to do necessarily what they want to be doing I mean, case in point, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, you know, it's been let out that Jonathan Gresham, who was the Ring of Honor champion, you know, you saw he lost at Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor, and now it comes out that him and Tony Khan got in a custom match, and he wants a release from Ring of Honor and AEW. I think a lot of the names that you see that aren't on TV all the time like they were, there's a very good chance that some of them are going to want to go over to WWE, especially after the way Cody was treated when he came back. And now you've also got to take into account a lot of the smaller guys that are over there in AEW that may not have gotten a look while Vince was at the helm. We all know that Triple H is a lot uh, more like passive when it comes to that part of it, as long as you can do what you need to in the ring. I think a guy like MJF definitely is one, one of the first ones you'd be wondering if he goes over there in 2024 when his contract comes up because – I think you're going to see a lot more people jumping ship back and forth than you'd ever think because, I mean, yeah, AEW is hot as far as, okay, they've got the buzz, they got the new kid on the block thing, you know, they're still new, but you got to remember, yeah, that's new as in, yeah, the show is doing well, but if you're not one of those people that's on TV every week, which not everybody can be on TV every week, then, yeah, you're with them, but what are you doing other than wrestling in AEW Dark or something like that? Yeah. 
Hey, and, and WWE's always been the end all be all, you know, in terms of like where you want to be. Everybody wants to be on WrestleMania. Everyone, everybody wants to, you know, be a, an entrant in the Royal Rumble, stuff like that. So WWE's always been there. But I tell you what, the, the Mega Millions ticket is MJF. If you land that dude, mm-hmm. especially in a TV 14 rating and a guy like Triple H at the helm, let's, let's not forget Triple H was one of the guys in charge of, you know, he did, he was DX. So that guy knows how to to push the envelope you know what i mean so william regal perfect that would be another guy that and that's one guy i was actually gonna bring this up that's one guy i really wish like i love william regal in AEW right now i love everything he's doing but that dude got a bad deal leaving nxt because for for training your guys there i can't think of anybody better than william regal that you want you're not being in your locker room and showing these guys the quote-unquote ropes, man. That dude got a bad deal. It was a bad time for him. The timing on that really sucks. But like I said, he's doing great, whatever. My thought, though, was I think if this all pans out, I think it's going to be Chris Jericho that goes back to WWE and gets a final run towards oh, the end. I totally could see Jericho then, going over there because he's yeah. never bashed WWE ever. Right. I mean, I mean, he may have said a few things, but he's always said he's extremely grateful to them, and that's why you don't really see him, you know – Goat, the Tom, the Tom Brady of wrestling, man. Go back and get you some paper, dude. Phil asked, what do you think? I don't think Mox is going anywhere anytime soon, man, especially with him having the world title and stuff like that. I, I don't know that I don't know they're, that he's going anywhere. You're going to throw the Brinks truck at Mox, dude, to stay at AW. <laughs> I agree with you, too, Brock. I think Samoa Joe got the hose on that one, too. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure that with the way they were treating him as far as him being in the ring, I don't think he's probably got much problem with being over there in Ring of Honor and having um, the television championship. Well, let's talk about, you know, we t- we've we talked about, you know, at length about the, the Vince McMahon situation and anybody who's jumping in here, make sure you hit that like button. If you're new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button, share it with a friend, let people know what we're talking about. But J-Bone, you know, we went and got to hang out with Hockey Town's uh, one of Hockey Town's favorite sons over there at Circle Six. Shout out to Mike Jaborgian, and uh, their first show here was uh, pretty badass. And two thousand thumb thumbtacks. <laughs> was it two thousand or two hundred thousand? I don't know if it was a typo, but I seen it on Twitter two different times. One said two thousand, one said two hundred thousand. I thought I mean, they either, said 2,000, but regardless, either 2,000 one is sucks. a lot of fucking thumbtacks. <laughs> it's got a, a guy lot like, of fucking thumbtacks. Hey, you got a guy, you, you look at like, Instagram and all those things, at KO3C Pod, you can see the past guest of the show, Masada, definitely got his fair share. And, I mean, dude, they had, like, two big-ass buckets full of hey. the tacks in each corner. And then they just stood there, and you can see it in our reel. They're about to fight, and they're just dumping the – Tacks all over, dude. Like, man. Yeah, anytime there's thumb taps, thumb tacks, or sharp edges anywhere in the same ring as Masada and Schlack, you know you're in trouble, dude. That's bad news all day. Devin's bringing up the point. Shout out to Devin, one of the original four horsemen of this show. Don't just gloss over the discovery thing because let's not forget what happened mm-hmm. to WCW. He's not wrong. Yep. Yeah, but I feel like times have changed so much since then. Like, I j- feel like AEW de- genuinely has enough of a following where they could just offer a five ninety nine a month ser- streaming service on their own. They might not be able to garner as much money as they were from TV contracts, but I feel like they would definitely 
be able to keep the ball rolling for a while until maybe they were able to get back, you know, with a TV network. But I feel if like they were to go down to a times has changed so much. The they come out, it would be a bad look for them. I feel like. Yeah, but what I'm saying though is, times have changed so much since back then. Where it truly was, if you weren't on one of the thirty, you know, basic cable provided channels, you weren't getting viewership. Like there was no like. Nowadays, everything's people will spend money on something just to watch like me with the bare knuckle thing. I pay every month just to watch bare knuckle and I, I'm a happy customer at the end of the month. Take my three ninety nine or four ninety nine or whatever the hell. Yeah, it is. but that, that's, you know, I get what you're saying, but I started to jump in here, but that's it's easier said though when you're not paying guys a lot of money. I mean, you're paying, you know, CM Punk around anywhere but I've heard between six to $9 million. You're paying John Moxley. Six million dollars. You're paying, you know, the young bucks, Kenny Omega, uh, Pac. You're paying Jericho. They're all you know over a million dollars. So I just I don't think the streaming will work because eventually, I'm a concert businessman. You know, you need to make a profit. This isn't one of those things where you can just burn money and burn money. Even the UFC, you know, they at some point they even said, okay, we, we were ready to go under unless we start turning a profit. So. I think without without that you know TV deal from from Warner Brothers and you know TBS TNT, they're screwed. They might have to go under because they just can't afford people. But I feel like that was the whole big thing that made them stand out compared to every other wrestling organization, is they did have the financial backing with the you know the Khan family and stuff like that. So I feel like maybe to your point, I feel like you know maybe they wouldn't you know fund a waterfall forever but they they i feel like they definitely let a little bit of money go down the drain just to keep their you know baby afloat because it seems like in the beginning that's what made them stand out so much was the fact that they were willing to spend the money to get the talent even before they had necessarily garnered all the attention that they do you know to this point yeah but they, you know what that was before when they had a lot of guys under you know not big contracts. Now all of a sudden it's changed. You've gone on the full WWE route where half of that talent's from a WWE. They're all getting paid at least six figures to seven figures. You had Warner Bros. I mean, look, in fairness, they didn't see this coming. Nobody saw the Discovery merger happening at the time. It wasn't being talked about. Once that happened, I think that's the game changer now where, you know, they had to look and go, okay, the guy from, you know, Discovery who's in charge of this, he's doing the merger. He's not a fan. All the people we had are gone. It's it changes the thing. And I don't know if the cons yeah. want to sit there and go, all right, we might have to go another year, two years of just you know being a money loser where if there's no TV deal in place, streaming services take time. I mean, that's it's asking a lot. And I could see them just going, you know what? We're just gonna pack up. That's it. I feel like the footholds are too deep to just kind of pack up bags at this point. I feel like, like I say, they'd be willing to spend bags before they just pack up their bags. In my opinion. I don't think they'll just pack up, but you also got to take into account, like they have said since day one, not that they wanted to be direct competition, but they've taken plenty of shots at WWE. And, you know, we're always talking about the competition game. If you go from having a primetime spot on two different networks to not having a network at all, that's catastrophe. That's a catastrophe. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad look, man. Like, I mean, where I would they go, though? Do you guys have, like, I mean, I, 
I don't even like sure, but... partake in cable television nowadays, but like, where would they even go? Like, is there any like ideas of like, that's what I mean. I mean, you could do something. What if, uh, HBO Max decided we wanted their, you know, their content to add to our library. Well, HBO Max is already working with AEW. Well, okay. So so here's I'm using them as an example, but Mm -hmm. one of these upbeat, you know, wanting to be high tier level streaming services, I definitely see. Like you see all the time with all types of organizations. I mean we weren't probably going to bring it up on the show, but one FC finally making their move into USA primetime with uh, Amazon, Mm. you know, Amazon video. Now all of a sudden they're in the MMA sphere with like, you know, there's, there's definitely plays that could be played out now. And I feel like with the streaming services, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a downgrade anymore because I genuinely feel like that's how most people feel. Jordan is like, I don't keep up with cable. I just watch what I'm interested in while it's on cable. You know what I mean? Right, right. But here's the problem with pro with especially AEW. Uh, you you mentioned one FC. They're a huge brand in in Asia. America not so much, but in Asia they are big and they make a lot of profits. So for a company like Amazon, which is global, which is getting the American TV rights, they're going, hey, this is a nice little profit. And one FC is going, well, we don't need it, but we'll take it. You look look around. What what or where is pro wrestling on TV outside WWE? It's it's not a big thing. All you know, advertisers are always kind of scared because you don't know really well who do we advertise it for. Will there be blood? Do we have to miss on that? And look, everybody's trying to get something else. They're all you know all these big networks you talk about with streaming services. They're tied in packages, and if you don't own. You know, if you, all you're doing is renting rights, but you're not owning it, you're not as attractive. So, as I said, yeah. if AEW if AEW loses that deal, and Warner Brothers and all all those players say, "Yeah, screw it, we're we're you know, we're kicking off," you know, they might have to go for either place like Showtime where money's not there, or they might have to go to a lot cheaper of a network to be something like that where they're going to cut salary. We're going to have to you know cut costs and as i said if you're ever cons and you already have a lot of money tied up in other businesses do you keep doing this or are you just gonna go well, all right well it was nice we tried but we have like our european soccer team and our nfl teams which, oh by the way they're not doing well so <laughs> yeah AEW could be on could be in deep trouble good point great point You're muted, Kyle. All right, my bad. Hit oh, the button. Right. Uh, yeah, man, I agree with what Chris said, man. I think we're going to have to wait and see, really, to see what happens with that. I personally don't think that AEW is going to go anywhere, but it's definitely something to keep in mind and be thinking of. I uh, I don't know, man. I guess the last thing, the I mean, and we already kind of talked about it as far as um, – we already talked about it as far as Triple H taking over the creative and all that stuff. Do you like? I saw a lot of people saying they should have came out harder at MSG. I feel like, for given given the situation, I don't think I don't. I'm not too mad that we didn't get more, but I think that's going to be again something that's going to take a little bit of time on that. But you know, since we're talking about stocks and money and all these things and selling out shows and all that kind of stuff, you know. 
G3 payrolls got you for show because they will get you together for them taxes. Like I said, shout out to the homies, Jack, and everybody over there. G3 payroll and tax. You can find their links in the descriptions and all that good stuff. Tell them knockouts three counts sent you. All right. Now that we've been talking a little bit about, you know, wrestling a little bit and what's going on there, again, we'll be live with uh, Sophia V, which uh, I will put the link to her uh, YouTube channel in the description and stuff. She will be live with us coming all the way from across the pond to talk a little bit of wrestling and talk about SummerSlam and all that kind of stuff. I uh, I don't know. It's going to be a fun one. Like I said, we're big fans of our friends across the pond, so make sure you're checking us out this Thursday. And if you're watching SummerSlam, I want to know, are you more excited for that or Ric Flair's last match? Um, Chris, since you're not going to be on here for Thursday with us, what are your thoughts on the whole Ric Flair last match thing? I, I don't want it to happen. I'm sorry. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's in his 70s. He's had heart trouble. I mean, I... Uh, what happens if he dies? I mean, and I hate to be the one who's just, you know, very cryptic here, but this is Ric Flair, a guy who, oh, by the way, he had, a, you know, heart surgery a while back. He's 73 years old. He's, you know, had trouble. You know, he had, oh, it's alcoholic cardiomyopathy. He's had kidney failure. He's had dialysis in the past. I mean, just retire. Come out, you, yep. you do it. You can do like a little parade or something like that. No, why wrestle? Because it it just sounds like okay, he's inviting there to be like that move that moment in you know, like the wrestle where like oh crap, the guy actually died when he jumped off top rope. That could be Ric Flair, and I'm it, it's scary because you look and go, oh crap, it could actually happen. Yeah, and it really could too. That's the I, when you had noted it, you know, when we had first had our conversation on the show, I, I was in the same. Uh, viewpoint i was like didn't we already see the last parade you know three four times now at this point why why do we got to keep reasserting him into the ring he already was doing a a great job in my opinion still being active by doing his appearances talking on the mic for 15 minutes or something in front of an active crowd and stuff and getting getting the people going getting the juices going and stuff but to actually go out there and have another match i feel like you know, you guys have both noted the promotion and stuff is, you know, definitely not trying to take advantage of him. But I felt that's what I had immediately felt like is it's like it just feels like somebody trying to take advantage of his good name. Well, it's hard. Well, his son-in-law is running the whole thing. So I don't that's think what, he's yeah, trying to. I, yeah. I don't I think hope, he's trying to get I over it. Short, sweet, man. Like we said, play, well, play, dude, the, would best, it be an play the greatest team, pitch. Just, not one of the. Uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be on the edge of our seats the whole whole match. Like, oh my god, just get through it, just get through it, just get through it, type of thing. Like, it's always fun to see him on TV and out there, but man, like, let's just get through it, please, without any hiccups. Dude, dude I I sure hope so. I mean, you, what do you guys think about the matchup? I mean, I find it, you know, especially with the way everything played out. So it's gonna be him and his son-in-law and Drade versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Um. Like I said, tag team match, I feel like, would be one of the safest ways to get in there. Flair can get in there, strut around, woo a few times, you know, take a backdrop, hit a figure four, and we'll be all right. Uh, Even the backdrop is going to scare me, dude, to be honest. (laughs) Did you see see the – 
did you see the video? I, I think it was on one of those YouTube things that they were doing. Did you see where he was training with Jay Lethal and his, his watch kept going off? Like every time he'd take a like a bump, his watch would beep and it had something. I guess it had something to do with his his pacemaker thing or something. I don't really know. I didn't get I didn't get the whole detail, but like he was pretty much taking the bump too hard, dude. And like his watch would start beeping like he fell. You know what I mean? Like, okay, he's falling and he needs medical he assistance. Needs, he, like, is it does life alert need to be sent out? That, that might have been what it was. Yeah, but like, dude, he'd take a bump and his watch would just start freaking out on him. It's like, dude. This is very risky. So, yeah. Like I said, let's just get through this, man. Hopefully, it's not too long. I, I, I'm with you, dude. Like I said, I hope that this scratches the itch for him. I actually am really looking forward to seeing the card because, I mean, they put together a hell of a card mm-hmm. around this. Like, uh, see, Devin beat me to it. The match card looks great. Like I said, I am definitely interested in seeing this for yeah, all the exactly. matches that are around it. I mean, we Josh Alexander, who we just saw at Circle Six. Um, thank God his neck wasn't broke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dude, tell me you didn't cringe when you saw that power hey, bomb. I did. I definitely did. It's one of those ones where you put your hands up like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was one of those where you hide your face because it, yeah. it was scary. But, dude, he got up like a tank, and, boy, was he pissed off. Uh, <laughs> but you got him on the card. There's going to be – I mean, literally, from top to bottom, that Ric Flair's last match card is going to be badass. Devin, since you're in here, bro, we ought to link up for that thing on Sunday, bro. I'm just saying. I will have the podcast juice, a.k.a. alcohol, ready for you. <laughs> just saying. Uh, but I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to that. Podcast juice Devin. myself. Hey, shout, out to Jackson, shout out to Jackson Stone, little lightning lemonade. Shogun! Little lightning lemonade, if you will. Hell yeah. yeah. Shout out to the Shogun. We'll definitely have to bring him back. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out, dude. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how everything plays out and with WWE more so what happens after SummerSlam. But I just hope that everything goes off without a hitch. I hope Flair can, you know, have have his last moment, have everything go well, and that be the end of it because, uh, yeah, I don't think we need to see any more of Flair uh, after this match. But like I said, regardless, he's going to go down as many people's greatest of all time. Um I don't think there's much uh, left to be said there. All right. Well, now that we're switching over to the combat sports side of things, you know, I need a breaking news button because uh, Matt Friendo's out here dropping bombshells that light lights out will be returning September 17th and November. It's September 17th and November. I will tell you the dates right here in a second. So make sure you're watching those. You never know who might be flapping his gums cage side. Um, Let's see. What did he say? I just shared it on. Oh. There you go. Yeah, September 17th and November 12th. They're going to be coming at us from uh, Hype Athletics Recreation Center in Dearborn Heights. So it's right in our backyard. Okay. It looks like we've lost Chris here. He's got the Chandler Cole thing coming I, up. That's, He's gonna head out. that's hilarious that that's the event that that turned out to be, because, or the venue that that turned out to be, because I drive past there all the time. Uh, in my work areas and I've always wondered what you know what the hell do they do at the the hype recreational center well I guess I'm fitting to find out here <laughs> right now, now all the time yeah. yeah so yeah it'll be interesting to see that shout out to Matt Frendo and uh lights out shout out to Chris Connor for joining us he's getting ready to go interview Chandler Cole from uh the ultimate fighter so make sure you check out uh his YouTube channel and all that good stuff well 
like I said, J-Bone, we had a pretty crazy night at uh, Circle Six on Friday. You know, D-Mac was getting the crowd hype with uh, D-Mac's getting the crowd hype with Midwest Scum, and Zicky Dice is pissing off fans <laughs> out here in Detroit, selling uh, his grinders from the merchant. dude. I like, you know, like, I don't know. When you, when you when you go to one of these shows and you're like, hey, you're going to see Zicky Dice, like, how do you even explain that? <laughs> this dude is like, outlandish. It's outlandish. Didn't you know? Outlandish you just tell him it's going to be outlandish. It's like one of those things, like, I can't tell you much, bro. Just watch. <laughs> just, it's Zicky Dice, you know? Hey, man, I, love I can guy. always love, love the Zicky guy. Dice. So he got down. It was good to see D-Mac out there. I mean, you had Josh Alexander. You had uh, the Rascals, Zach, uh, Zach Wentz, and Trey Miguel on there. Uh, that secondhand smoke thing, Gregory Iron had some guy wanting to fight him out of the crowd. I mean, it was good times, man. I uh, shout out to Mike from Circle Six, definitely stay tuned because he says they will be back here in September. Plus, I really like that venue. Shout out to the Jam Handy, yeah. Jam Handy's cool, man. I mean, it's hot. I like that. I like that they had the four, the four corners of fans going, but hey, what a nice, nice little spot for a wrestling show. I dig that. <laughs> I just add something to like the fan etiquette after we were there on Friday. Like, uh, ladies, I don't know if this is like a trend thing, but boy, I looked up into the balcony and all I saw was pregnant belly to the point where me, where me and and uh, the dread queen Holly were sitting there. I'm like, did you double take it that too? She was like, yeah, I had to look twice to see if I thought I saw that too. Uh, so. That poor I'm just lady saying. was pregnant and hot, and it was it was probably 105 she degrees. Did not give a look. If it's a, if it's if she's pregnant enough for you to see the baby, and it's a hot oh, place, boy. ooh man, she's in that. And she said, crazy. "That's why I said she had to be somebody's girlfriend or something." It was it was crazy, but like I said, man, <laughs> it it was Props something else, her. dude. Hey, so I guess since we're jumping over to the MMA side of things, um, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't get to see uh, Bellator, so Corey, I'll leave that to you. Um, I didn't get to um, see that one. As always, Bellator coming in swinging with everything in their card except for the main event. <laughs> the main <laughs> event was such a huge letdown. It was, it was honestly, it's got to be in my top three boringest fights I've watched so far this year. I mean, Douglas Lima tried to do a couple things and. Jason Jackson or Jesse Jackson, I forget. I think it was Jason Jackson. He just, he he wanted nothing to do with his stand-up. He got hit like once or twice and just immediately just took him down. Didn't do anything with the position. Didn't really try to even advance position, let alone throw strikes from the position. I'm surprised we didn't see some more uh, referee stands, uh, uh, you know, standing them boys up in that fight, but. The rest of the card was was pretty great, honestly. There was a big surprise in the co-main event. Uh, Signy Outlaw got beat by uh, what I can't think of his name at the moment, but uh, by a. Can you say it? Because I can't say it. I have it up, but I can't say it. Uh, read Tofik, it off to me. Tofik Musayev. Musayev. Yeah. Tofik Musayev. Yeah, I believe go. it was. I, I believe it was, but <laughs> yeah. So now all of a sudden we may have somebody stepping in because you guys may be, for those that pay attention to Bellator, because you have to pay attention because they don't give it to you to, you know, just know. Uh, Sydney Outlaw was supposed to be scheduled in the main event, 
against uh, Patrici Pitbull or Patrici, one of the the 155 champs. And uh, he ended up injured, so this was a late-minute replacement because he still wanted to stay active. So very interesting kind of shakeup in the 155 division with the new Bellator signing beating the uh, number one contender of sorts. But other than that, man, honestly, Bellator as usual, a couple good fights, but for the most part, that main event was just talk about a letdown. <laughs> well, now that Sydney Outlaw is out, I mean, why don't we just uh, pencil in Outlaw versus Jury too? That's what I want to see. Fuck that. Right? Hey. Run it hey, back. Hey, Run it back. I wasn't Run familiar with none of the, many of the names on the car, but I did see uh, a Nermago Madoff. I'm like, ah, oh, this one's over, right? That's he it. ran through them, <laughs> as you might imagine. He ran through them. Don't even gotta, let's just let's just get through that one. Talk but about fights that, that didn't go. That, I believe that's Umar Nermagomedov, just a note while we did bring him up. He is actually a very incredible striker, and you know he relies more heavily on his uh, striking. So he, he's definitely a more of the entertaining Nermagomedov fashion he's not just relies on you know getting people down and you know wrestle fucking them he actually is very uh he's very good at everything my sayings wear off on more than just you (laughs) he uh he definitely uh he definitely is somebody to watch out for in the uh bellator 155 division i actually feel like he's made more of a mark you know towards that top level of the Bellator 155 than Topeka is just by, you know, defeating Sydney Outlaw. So, I don't know, 150, like I say, 155 over in Bellator is looking a little more interesting. Like I say, I uh, I didn't get to check out those ones, but I usually enjoy the Bellator fights whenever I can catch them. But like I said, I was mm-hmm. uh, I was all over the place. Shout out to uh, our good buddy D-Mac, Darren McCarty doing his thing out there at Circle Six, man. It was... Uh, it was good times. We watched some people get fucked up. And, uh, you know, like yeah. I said, good times with DMAC. Shout out to I him mean, for putting us together with uh, Mikey G of Circle Six. If they are in your area, you need to check them out. Um, and I really, I really can't blame you for missing Bellator on this weekend because of the fact that you had noted there's just so much combat sports. I mean, whether you were keeping up on, you know, on my end, I'm keeping up with all the fights. I mean, XM, XMMA, I had noted them last week. They, that card ended up performing. It was definitely worthwhile. If, you know, like I had noted, it's on YouTube. Go back and watch it. Support these guys. They're Hit doing that subscribe button. Yeah, they're doing good work over there. But uh, you had Bare Knuckle as well on Saturday. I ended up tuning uh, into that on Sunday because I was busy watching XMMA at, uh, Saturday night. But it was just – it was in a – all around solid weekend of combat. I feel like the uh, the UFC London card this time wasn't – it didn't have that same oomph. It didn't leave me with that same feeling at the end of the card. I don't know if that boiled down to the main event kind of playing out the way it did, unfortunately, for Tom Aspinall, or if it was just a accumulation of, you know, less stoppages, more decisions, maybe not as much hype around some of the fights and stuff like that, but – I don't know. How'd you guys uh, come out of that UFC, you know, London event feeling? My like, I'll tell you, is all that fuck. So. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you, I, I got up, I had breakfast, I was like feeling good. I'm like, all right, dude, we got some UFC at noon. Yeah. Hell yeah. And you know what? I snoozed right through the fucking prelim card because it was horrible. 
But once the main card came on, man, it was pretty good. I yeah. mean, uh, Meatball Molly McCann looks great. Meatball Molly crowd, McCann is a good fucking time. The I would crowd was ridiculous, wasn't it? Like, it'd be a blast. Yeah. Dude, I love the crowd. Did you see – so after – we'll get to the Patty fight later, but after Patty – Spoiler alert! Won his fight. She's running around in the crowd with a fifth of holler head, just like <laughs> slamming it like, with a with a wig on. Just yeah, like who allowed this? Who, who who okayed this? Because if I I, if I support it, like that in my life, well, everybody as as Molly it, McCann. I I I can almost guarantee you it wouldn't have been approved if it was not a holler head bottle being right, know, because, widely displayed because, on the because broadcast. Because if I run around with a fifth in the arena, it's, you know. Yeah, it's, it's frowned like, upon for some reason. If, but, if Molly you know. McCann does it with holler head, it's fine. <laughs> I, I love the fact that after when she immediately gets out and takes a shot with Joanna and Michael Chandler. <laughs> and Michael Chandler cute. just looked like he, like he just had exorb the moment he's like i'm finally on the big stage they want to take a <laughs> shot with me like it was just like you could tell he his level of excitement was there yeah. like internally it was that, that was great as well but i don't know man i feel like to your point the prelims there was only really two standout performances in my eyes nathaniel wood did great and then uh jonathan pierce did really good against me uh amir marcani but uh, other than that, man, to your point, prelims kind of just coasted by. I could see how <laughs> someone may fall asleep to them. But the main, the main card, I feel like the biggest thing that stuck out with me is, man, is Gus really done like that? Oh, boy. Is, you know, like, that's what – like, I was rough I, I think everybody who's a hardcore MMA fan likes Gus, right? He's always done nothing but, you know, talk great about his opponents that aren't John Jones, you know, and really he doesn't even bash him. He just says, like, the steroid allegations and shit mm -hmm. like that. But other than that, he's super respectful. He goes in there and performs at his best. And a lot of times, you know, has really shown out in some dominant striking performances against a lot of guys. And to see uh, – Granite Nikita Krylov looked really sharp in there, man. I don't know like, if it was, oh, you know, dude. yeah, he looked really fucking yeah. sharp in there. So I don't know if it was just Nikita Krylov, you know, doing his thing. But Gus looked flat, man. He looked like once he got hit early, like he basically got knocked down within what 15 seconds or some shit, and he just immediately looked like he couldn't. He was in not like defensive mode. He was in like don't hit me mode. Which is a different yeah. thing. He wasn't like, like it know, was like a timer that was just kind of ticking down. Yeah, like, like, all right. It reminded me of like, it reminded me of like when you see Cody Garbrandt get hit bad and he's like on wobbly skates, you know, he's like moving back and it's like, man, if one more touches him, yeah, okay, we only we need go. one more punch here. Yeah. And then uh, sure enough, that down goes Gus and it was like, I, I don't know. I was I was hoping for more, but I was definitely worried that that was what we were going to see, especially coming off of the Verdum fight years ago and stuff. And I feel like it was the same type of deal then. He just looked like he was kind of flat in that fight and got out, you know, outworked. Yeah. And man, it's just sad to see these. Uh, it's the name of the game with fighting, but these legends, man, they sure do fall hard, don't they? They do. That's for sure, man. 
You're not wrong, man. I mean, like I said, and you got to also take into account the style that everybody's fighting. Kathy, we haven't seen you in the stream yet. We want to know what you think about UFC London. Shout out to Kathy. Shout out to Twisted Tumblers, all that good stuff. We appreciate you. Um, I don't know, man. I guess, I mean, let's be honest. The story of the story of UFC clearly and far away was Patty Pimblett and Shout she out to Greg. We're talking about my parlays. This some bitch bet on all the English people and won <laughs> what three million dollars, four million dollars, but he also bet three million dollars. So yeah, like if I had three million dollars to bet, yeah, I'd bet on all the ones that I know are gonna win. But damn, I'm not I, mad you can, sir. Get your fucking money. I forgot who I think it was Brandon Schaub explained it though, that somebody like Drake, you let alone with the pockets that he's got, but if you ever notice, all these bets that he's posting up are always through the same company, and that's because he happens to be sponsored there by the company. There she is. Check out Twisted Tumblr. So, is no, he he's even probably gambling? got an insurance of some yeah, sort, doesn't he? Is he even really gambling? Is yeah, that money? Mother. Hey, shout that. out to my boy Hands, man. He won like it was a it was thirteen or a fifteen leg parlay, dude. Hey, man. There you go. I hope he bet like more said, than two bucks on it because if you turn something like that on a ten dollars, oh, he did, bet, he, did he did he did real well. Well, well uh, racks. There racks. you go. Nice to see. Glad to like glad I say. Uh, shout out the hand. But we'll definitely have to uh, link up, man. I'll before we before we jump off UFC London though. I mean, or at least dig more into this Patty fight as well. I I feel like also like. Patty did such a great job at once the second round had started, he had realized what Jordan Levitt was great at and tried to completely flip that on his head. The way that he was able to lock down that arm and gain that submission oh, at yeah. the end, that's, that that's was amazing. Yeah, that, that was just, and you could tell Jordan Levitt was doing everything he could to try to fight it. And he just, you could see it in his eyes when he realized like, fuck, this chokes too deep. My arms trapped. I can't pull it out with my other arm. Here we are. It's yeah. game over. Like you could see it when it when it like the realization had hit him and it was just I mean, I genuinely after the way that first round had played out, I had seen the judges scorecards and stuff after the fact and they had scored it for Patty, but I genuinely thought Jordan Levitt won that first round. He was looking like the more too. dominant fighter and for Patty to turn that situation around completely on his head and just go out in that second round and just put it on him. Uh, it, there's definitely bright things in uh, at least his next fight if he's able to get through that. But, you know, definitely a bright future ahead for Patty. What do you think is next for him? It's hard to say, right? Like, do they keep doing the the route that they have been doing where it's like tough matchups, but it's just steadily progressing? Or do they do where they're on the new style Sean O'Malley where all of a sudden he beat somebody and now he's going to fight 11 and then he's going to fight, you know, like I think there's favorable matchups in the rankings for him, you know, against, you know, maybe some older contenders and stuff that he could beat. But I don't know, man. I genuinely don't know. I've been, I've heard rumblings this week that, Oh, he's main event ready and stuff like that. And I don't necessarily think, I think, popularity-wise he is, but I don't think UFC skill competition-wise he is. And I feel like that first round showcased why 
you don't necessarily want to skyrocket him into the rankings at this moment. I feel like it is a better move to keep putting him against these tough level competition guys, but maybe more winnable fights to continue to you know build up the uh, skills needed to really contend at the top of the end of the division. Yeah, man, it's going to be interesting to see. But, I mean, if nothing else, there's one thing that's clear that's, that Patty is clearly going to be a star for the UFC for some time mm-hmm. to come. Um, I don't know what we can really say about the main event other than that really sucks for Tom Aspinall. And really I guess where do you guys see Curtis Blades going after this? Um, real quick, I want to note because I thought it was an interesting point that I had seen on Twitter. Somebody had noted that, how come when Conor McGregor snaps his leg, it's a doctor stoppage, not a knockout, and everybody else that gets beat by injury, basically, it's considered a knockout. I find that kind of interesting <laughs> as well. But does it, does it depend the, on the time of the fight, the length of the fight, though? I mean, that one was only 15 seconds, and it, right. it wasn't a strike against Aspinall. It was, if anything, you could say maybe it was when he threw a no, I'm saying so, like, so that was 15 seconds in. Like, let's say if it was like a minute or two in and the same thing happened, would it be considered? I, would, I think it's still the same thing. I think it? it's still the same thing. Because look at the Yair fight last week. I mean, that one to me was more decisive because he had a he had a grasp on the arm when it when it you know, dislocated. So I feel like you could kind of rule that as a submission, but even that one, they ruled it as a TKO. Hmm. And I, or uh, the um, Yuri, or not Yuri, um, Jan versus um, uh, Rackage fight that just happened a couple months back. Same type of deal. That was ruled as a TKO, even though he had just stepped back and blew his knee out. There wasn't even a strike that, it, you know, cause the issue i just but to digress on that point i feel like for tom aspinall it's it's the best case scenario where you could have lost that fight you know like you just you didn't lose any fans you didn't lose any momentum if anything you just get to take a little bit of time heal your injury come back and hopefully look just as good in your next fight i mean I'm hearing it's an MCL. If that's the case, it's, you know, with modern medicine and stuff, it's not as bad as an ACL and stuff like that. So that's at least good. But uh, either way, man, it just sucks. It's just such a letdown. And then, like I say, with the Yair, uh, Brian Ortega thing just a couple weeks back or a week back at this point, it seems like we keep having this string of, you know, unfortunate letdowns in these, you know, high tier matchups and stuff. The matchups that actually get the people excited and stuff. You know, we keep getting these letdowns, like the, the Sean O'Malley eye poke thing. Same type of deal. You know, it's like, yeah, we just keep Corey, getting. Did you really not pay attention that much when we were in school? They got a whole book series about this kind of thing. Series of unfortunate events. Come on, man. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you ain't kidding. Like literally, that's what it seems like as the last couple months it's just been a series of unfortunate events and you're not you're not wrong but i feel like for aspinall i feel like this is it's not the end of the world it's really not oh no i don't think so at all i'm just saying who would where where do you think he comes back once he comes back like is he gonna have to fight his way to get back where he was I think he'll come back and get a favorable matchup maybe against whoever the loser is as it's uh, gone to a Vasa fight or somewhere along those lines where it's still the yeah. the upper end of the heavyweight division because I feel like he didn't 
he didn't really lose. You know, he he injured himself, and it wasn't even like a bone snapped or something. He just stepped backwards. You know, it wasn't it wasn't anything I felt like the opponent did. It was just unfortunate event. You know, and so I feel like he'll still carry the momentum. It's just how much time does it take to heal from the injury and yeah. rehab and get back to a point where you're comfortable enough? Because he was rifling that fucking kick in there, man. There was yeah. no. There was no joke behind that. All the strikes that he threw were vicious and stuff. And coming back from injury isn't always the easiest thing to, you know, be able to put that full momentum behind your uh, behind your strikes again, especially with that being, uh, I believe that was his, his rear leg, you know, his turn in leg. So, so do you we'll guys, see, man. what about blades though? Do you, do you think that if anything, was it enough to get him a, a good crack at the top contender? Maybe the winner of gone. Well, and, I think and that's what I was, yeah. At this point, I think Blades is already kind of at the point that regardless, they weren't going to really have him out of a number anywhere lower than maybe a number three fight at this point. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about this before. Heavyweight's not exactly exactly very deep. And now the mm-hmm. fact that he came back out and knocked out Dacus, had he come in there and beaten Tom Aspinall right up quick, I think he would have been the winner of you know, what happens with Ngannou and them. We still got to see where Stipe plays out too, but I don't think that Curtis Blades is going to be too far, too far out of. So you think Curtis you know, Blades gets the winner of, of Gan and Ty and then Aspinall, what, yeah. once you get the loser? I feel like much. that would be the perfect match. Be Title eliminator. For both of them. Yeah, I feel like it would be the perfect matchup for both of them. Maybe not for Aspinall because, honestly, I feel like to – fight somebody coming off of a loss once you've built your momentum and are trying to work your way into a title fight maybe maybe not maybe he does deserve the the one that doesn't get picked out of the john jones stipe thing or something along those lines but i i don't know man the heavyweight division right now is so interesting with with nganu stepping out you got like i noted this uh tie to avasagan fight as your headliner in just a couple weeks um it it's interesting we everybody knows the big two players i guess you could say in the background are stipe and john jones right now and we're all waiting to see do they get matched up are we waiting for Ngannou to come back and then is it going to be stipe or is it going to be jones and then who's left to play with who type of shit but you know the the top end of the division is very interesting, and I think the best thing Curtis Blades could do. I know he had mentioned he wants to just kind of wait it out and see. You know, he had risked his number in this fight and feels as though he's deserving. But unfortunately, with the way that that fight played out, that's not how it works. And you didn't really risk anything because essentially the fight didn't happen in most people's right. eyes. And so I feel like he does have to take a fight against, you know, the – top level competition again to work his way into a title bout and Curtis Blades is such an interesting prospect contender in the division already because he's only got three losses and two of them are to the current champ and one of them's to Derek Lewis so it's you know it's like I don't know, man. Is he? He's great. He's a great heavyweight, and he's still fairly young. But is he truly the the champion? I mean, Derek Lewis division? is still sitting there know. at like what number five, something like that. Yeah, I mean, and he fights this weekend as well. So yeah. So I mean, but I guess I feel like plays out, but yeah, I feel like also though since that fight, 
knocking out Curtis Blades. That's when we've seen him kind of take a slide as well. So I, I don't know, man. I feel like Curtis Blades still has definitely some steps that need to be taken before he's, you know, arguing for the next title bout, in my opinion. All right. Well, the other thing on the docket was BKFC. Uh, they had a shit ton of fights. Bare ones. Um, and at the end of that, at the main for the main event, we now have a new champion. You know, mm-hmm. Reggie Barnett fucking came out and put it on our boy. I know. I was genuinely surprised, man. I thought, uh, I believe it was Gotti, right? Gotti's the other guy's name. Yeah. He, uh, he definitely like was super confident coming into it. And I can see why, right? Like Reggie Barnett has looked amazing in bare knuckle. And then he's also gotten outclassed a couple times. And it was, uh, not the case this last weekend, man. He came in there and just really put it on him, man. He looked like he had, up his game a couple levels, really. I don't know if it was just a matchup thing or what the case was, but he looked truly down. He said, fuck there. all that. I'm the champ now, bitch. Yeah. Interim. Interim. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Does Bedford come back? That's the real question. Well, he's got a strap around his waist now. So for right now, until Bedford brings his ass back, he's the, he and he took the belt off him, man. He straight up beat him. So, yeah. I mean, shout out to Reggie Barnett. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, um, uh, what's her name? Taylor Starling and um, yeah. uh, Christine Ferreira. Uh, good Lord, why yeah. did I not spit that out? I'm looking forward to seeing that fight. That's going to be a good one to see. Then you've also got Platinum Perry versus MVP. I'm very excited for that one. I ain't even going to bullshit you. I'm excited. I want to see how does that fight play out? Does MVP... Is he able to control range with bare knuckles and not allow Perry to, you know, do the clinch work and stuff? Because I feel like if this fight does end up in that dirty bare knuckles style, you know, punch him up in the clinch, man, I feel like MVP could be in trouble. You know, so I don't know. It's a, it's such an interesting matchup, right? Like the sizes are so different. The styles are so different. They're both stand-up fighters, but other than that, One's completely reliant on his power, and other the other one's completely reliant on being a sniper with his quickness. So, it's uh, I'm very interested in the matchmaking. I truly like the the matchmaking for BKFC here. I mean, I think it's going to be a dope fight. It's just going to be a matter. I'll tell you the truth. I just I just very much dislike MVP. So, <laughs> not gonna lie, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, dude. Never liked the guy. So, hopefully, Platinum White Pair just goes out there and takes him out. Let's go. It'd be so interesting, right? Like, I mean, I feel like MVP was maybe a little more highly regarded before. I was going to say MVP's got way more to lose in this one. Just think about this. Yeah, He's never really yeah. been touched like that in Bellator. And if he goes over there bare knuckle and gets his ass whooped, well. I know. Well, that's what I was going to say before his most recent title push and stuff. MVP was, you know, regarded as the best striker in Bellator and stuff like that. And was just going out there and starching everybody and stuff. I feel like Bellator definitely it's an interesting move on MVP's part because if I'm not mistaken, Bellator doesn't really have much say so. They can, you know, they just it's in the contract, you're allowed to compete in not directly MMA but you know, mm. other combat sports. So it's an interesting move here on MVP's part to say, Yeah, I'd love to make that payday and go in here and try to take out Perry. 
I mean, like I said, I, I respect it. I'm uh, Wembley Stadium, that one. Wembley Arena. You also that's got Patriots fans on that card, too. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a fun one to watch, dude. I mean, there was so much shit going on this last weekend. Like I said, if you guys are just tuning in or catch this on the podcast platform or however you catch it, make sure you hit subscribe and leave us a review, which I greatly appreciate. But, you know... Like I said, we've, we're going to talk a lot more about SummerSlam and Ric Flair's last match and all that kind of stuff on Thursday with Sophia V. And uh, check out uh, check her out on Twitch and all that stuff, man. She's uh, she's had some pretty dope-ass guests. Like I said, I'm looking forward to uh, chatting it up with her from across the pond and seeing what she's thinking about this weekend. But there was one more big show that we had this past Saturday, J-Bone, and that's Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor. Now that we are removed from death before dishonor, since we were talking about how somebody might be getting dishonored in this fight, um, what were your thoughts on uh, Ring of Honor, death before dishonor? I thought it was a great uh, showing, but I got to say, the one thing that jumped out to me right away is it was like AEW was making it clear, like the guys that are with AEW and Ring of Honor are going to be the ones who are getting, yeah, who are getting pushed out here. That's kind of just the vibe I got. Yeah, no, I agree. But my thing, like, overall, dude, it was a good show. A lot of good matches on there. But, like, it was such an AEW presentation. You know what I mean? Like, even from the cameras to, like, the way you're watching it on TV, it was it was like watching AEW. It the same thing. So, really, nothing stood out, like, like a difference-wise. But, dude, I'm just going to tell you straight up, what a banger of a match between the Briscoes and FTR. And then I mean, I don't just, think anybody expected any less. No, we expected nothing less. Balls dude, and we're just adding fuel to that fire. I'm, I'm saying it, and I'm still sticking by it, dude. Dax is the wrestler of the year. There's, oh, yeah. There's no way you if can not, change my mind. He's in the top two or three. You can't change my mind. That is that is your professional wrestler of the year right now because every single time that dude steps in the ring, whether it's a singles match or a tag team match, doesn't matter where it's at. It's five stars, six stars, whatever you want to call it now, whatever the FTR is now. He puts seven on stars, seven star FTF, whatever. Ten, I don't care. Give them all the stars. Give them all the belts. Just don't ask they no deserve team. it, man. They deserve it. Hey, man. Like I said, that was dope. Uh, Claudio finally getting his first world championship off of Jonathan Gresham. Um, that's something I wanted to get your thoughts on. I mean, it was dope to see Claudio get the belt, but man, I, from what I'm reading, it says that. Jonathan Gresham and TK had quite the argument afterwards, and he's asked for his release from Ring of Honor in New Japan, or not New Japan, Ring of Honor AEW. So it's interesting though, because like I mean, I didn't I didn't get all the details on, you know, and I'm sure it just comes with creative, right? Probably and where that belt's at now, and what was going to happen, and what's going on. But like, you you would think that like he's in a good spot being the title holder. He just lost it. It's not like he's unless he was being completely pushed out of the picture. That that's all I could really see him being upset about, you know what I mean? Because a well, lot of momentum there. It was just weird altogether when you think about it. Because not only that, they were they had just started hyping up that he was going to be with Tony Telly Blanchard and that group with Brian Cage and all them, and then Prince Nana came out to the ring with him. Yeah, yeah. Like what the hell? Yeah. Like that's hey, what I was like. Man, change, man. You never know. You never know in the world of professional wrestling, dude. Things can change at the drop of a hat. So, I hope he sticks around. I like him there. I think he's a good fit over there, and especially being the whole Ring of Honor brand. I mean, 
that dude's carried the, the torch through the pandemic for Ring of Honor. If you think about it, like I'd love to yeah, see him. At it least just sucks to see him still. leave like that, man. Because like, especially yeah. with him still being the champ. But I mean, like I said, yeah, we're gonna have to see more about what happened. But yeah, man, that sucks with uh, Gresham. But I'm not mad. At, I'm not saying that at all to take anything away from Claudio either. Like Claudio oh. winning the title, I've sung that guy's praises till I'm blue in the face. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, he deserves it. You know exactly. So I'm definitely considering not where he was, it. where he went, where now he's back. Every back and forth, dude. That guy put in the work, man. So yeah, like I'm, I'm not by any it. means taking anything away from Claudio. It just like I said, now knowing that it's crazy to uh, see what was going on with that. But like I said, man, Circle Six was a blast. Uh, had a lot of stuff going on this weekend. We have got SummerSlam and the UFC on Saturday night, and my sister gets to make me feel even older on Saturday as well. So, uh, you're gonna wake up tomorrow and be 45, Kyle. Fuck you, don't say no stupid shit. You're gonna be 45 tomorrow. (laughs) Fuck you, don't say no stupid shit like that to me. Like I said, but uh, hey man, I know it is. That's why I'm not trying to like wish it to like speed up. We're already going fast as it is. So, like I say, things are changing every day. You got to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of it from your boys here at Knockouts and Three Counts. And like I said, if you checked it out, enjoyed it, leave us a comment. Let us know. Hit us up on social media, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, with all these shows that are coming out, I almost forgot. Not only are we going to be on Chris Connor's show, not only is Sophia V from across the pond in the UK joining us. I mean, we're going to go link up with our favorite French-Canadian Frankenstein on Thursday as well. Because PCO is coming into town to come fight our boy, the Dread King Logan. So uh, I am probably going to be making an appearance at IWR. If you're going to IWR, uh, definitely come say what's up. In the meantime and in between time, like I said, appreciate y'all checking us out. Until next time, peace.